All right, let's do our new series called uh, How to Grow Your Relationship with God. Um, and let me start with uh, a scripture from Psalm 17. Psalm 17, verse 8, it says this, Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. You ever heard the saying, you're the apple of my eye? If you look it up, you'll find out that the best anyone can do is to trace that all the way back to the scripture. That's where the, the phrase, that's where the saying came from, the apple of the eye. That's like the, pri the most prized possession. And as we were setting it up last week, the thing that I was trying to get across as a, just a bit of review is this is mostly about understanding the love that God has for you. And there aren't things that you need to do to earn God's love, to deserve God's love. God loves you because he is love. And if you get that, if you, if you understand that, that you you are the apple of God's eye. It's a game changer because it will help you, I guess, wipe away some of the, if you have, many people do, I found, religious baggage of needing to earn God's love or get his approval or, or whatever, but you just realize that God just loves you. you. You are the apple of his eye. You're his treasure. In the Gospel of Luke, um, Jesus tells stories about valuable things that, that are treasured. Now, before I tell you one of the stories from the Gospel of Luke, I have to tell you something that happened yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, I was sitting there with the coffee and just going through my notes and uh, doing some stuff in preparation for today. And I hear, the, I hear the footsteps coming down the stairs. Here she comes. You know, here she comes. And, uh, you know, you never know what you're in for, right? She's just waking up, and she, comes, she come, comes around the corner and has the biggest pout, pout face you have ever seen. And we just, the day hasn't started. Massive, massive frown. And I said, what is wrong? She said, Dad, I can't find my heart gem. If you don't know what a heart gem is, let me help you. If you get a little princess Lego set, there's a little piece that's shaped like a heart and it's this big. And this is the thing that a five-year-old girl prizes more than anything else in the universe. A piece of plastic this big. She went to bed with it um, and she fell asleep in our bed and we remember when she lost it because she had it. She was clutching it. And then she woke up and said, I lost it. We said, well, don't worry. We'll find it because we just wanted her to go to sleep. We'll find it. We'll find it. Thinking by the time the morning came, she would forget all about it. That didn't work. And so the pow, pow face turned dad, and she's, they're turning into like tears. Did I mention it was a piece of plastic this big? So we have to go back into our bed and start to tear it apart. Now, it, like, like once a week, we'll go through the house and just clean it all up. 
I don't know about you, like, you know, keep it pretty good, but, you know, things get a little messy and out of sorts, and so they have a day of the week where we get it all set, reset. Anybody have like that, like a reset day? Like, let's do it all. So we get the sheets all done, and you tighten it all up, and the bed was so nice and tight and clean. She lost that gem in the bed, and we tear it apart, blankets and sheets, and we can't find it anywhere. Now we're like, it went under the bed. Has anybody ever lifted a king-size mattress from Costco? It's, one of the, it's like a two-for-one. You know, they don't have the box springs anymore. It's the whole thing. Lifting this thing up, and we have to tear it off, and then we can't find it. And Vicky goes, we got to move the bed. No, I'm not moving the bed. Truth be told, how many of you never moved your bed your entire life until you sold the house, and then you saw, like, ungodly things under there? No, we're not moving the bed. Sure enough, she's, the big tears are coming. Did I mention it was a piece of plastic this big? They're moving the king size bed. I got things to do. Move the bed. I mean, the tears, the wailing, the agony. Can't find it anywhere. Uh, babe, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you about your heart, Jen. We're not going to find it. And she's just distraught, distraught. She wears um, lately those uh, the, the onesie pajamas with the footies in them. About 30 minutes later, she comes out. Dad, Dad, guess what? I found the heart gem. I felt it in my footy. <laughs> That's lovely, Charlie. I'm so happy that you found your what? Piece of plastic this big. Jesus tells a story about a woman who loses a coin. Luke, Luke 15, and it says, huh, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, tear the bedroom apart, do whatever it takes to find the lost, what? Got to find the lost coin. Now, some of you may say, well, geez, what's the big deal? It's a coin. How many got a few lost coins that you don't even look for anymore? But that's not how it was then. This coin would have been an unbelievable value. Some even say it was a coin that was a part um, of her uh, wedding. And that this was just it'd be like someone losing a diamond ring. But the point is when something of incredible value is missing you do anything. You tear the house apart. You do whatever you have to do to, to get it back because it's, it's of incredible value. And this is the one single thing I, want, I need to drive into your soul. And that's this. God's the one tearing the house apart looking for you. You don't need to tear anything apart looking for him. It's God's love for you. You're the valued, you're the treasured possession. You're the heart gem that God won't give up on. And so everything that we know is this, about this relationship with God, that it's based in love, it's based in love, and God is the initiator. God's the initiator. All you and I have to do, it's what we said, is you have to respond to it. You have to recognize it and then you respond to it. If you get this, the rest is sort of 
starts to flow downhill. But a few of you might ask, you know, why, why does it matter? I mean, I get it that you know people go to church and they try to grow in their relationship with God, but I'm not even I'm not even convinced. I don't even know why that's such a big deal. Can I just tell you something that will help your relationship to God decides and determines everything else about you. Your relationship with God decides and determines everything else about you. Now, whatever you're thinking about, some of you think about your finances, some of you think about some grumpy person at work, somebody thinking about all these different kinds of things. Everything is driven in your life from your relationship with God. That's what drives you. And I could tell you this, if your relationship and you get rightly in, attuned with God, where your relationship with God becomes like this constant stream, this constant connection, the stuff that's happening around you will not, this is important, it will not affect you the way it affects everybody else. I mean, how is it that some people can pull up to a red light, one guy cuts somebody else off, one guy loses his absolute mind, and someone else can just let it go? I'm not saying, first of all, let me just say this. Chris is not perfectly attuned to God, in case you ever see me at a red light. <laughs> but, I do, but I do believe this. I'm a work in progress, and here's the thing. I have my moments where I feel like I'm tuned in. I hope you do too. And I've had some moments where I know I've been tuned out. Amen? Anybody ever been tuned out? Are you at your best when you're tuned out? Oh, no. When you're tuned in. When you've got the dial just adjusted right. Isaiah talks about this. He said, you know, the person, God says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on you. When your mind is stayed on God, focused, connected, pick the word, perfect peace, perfect peace. I mean, perfect peace. Let me ask you what you're really after in life. You're chasing something, but here's what you're after, perfect peace. You know the greatest thing you could do for yourself in 2024 is figure out what you're really after. Go home today and say, what am I really after? I'm, you know, I'm chasing this, I'm chasing that, I'm mad about this, I'm frustrated about that, I'm throwing things here. But what are you really after? And could I suggest maybe it's perfect peace? Are, are you going to ever live in a city where people don't cut each other off? 
No, no, I mean, what, what are you doing to yourself, you moron? Why are you doing that to yourself? Was that too harsh or was that just kind of lay the facts? Why are you doing that to yourself? You're never going to live in a city where people don't cut each other off. That city does not exist on this planet. So you've got different choices. Or you can torture yourself for the I want to torture myself for the rest of my life. I want to live angry. It just happens. It just happens. It happens, and then you just let it go. When your mind is stayed on him, I'm tuned into a different frequency. Huh? I mean, you know, some people are like, there's different frequencies going on. You can go down, you can go to, speaking of stoplights, you can go to a stoplight and you can see somebody going like this. You ever seen it? You know what I mean? And then someone else is next to them and they're going, oh. Right? Now, what do they got? Two different what? Two different things are tuned into. Same situation, same stoplight. This is important to know about life. This is huge. Why am I talking about your relationship with God is going to be the key because if you're tuned in, it's going to make you sing a different way. Like sing a different song. You don't sing the song of anger and bitterness and resentment and all that. You just sing a song of happiness and praise. There are no cities where people don't cut each other off. There are no places that don't have problems. There are no families that don't have problems. There, th those things don't exist. But what does exist is perfect peace. Some people don't believe that verse. Because that's like, oh, that's too pie in the sky. That doesn't really happen. And this is, this is why I want to talk about growing in your relationship to God. Because for a lot of us, we've only known God at some level. And what I'm trying to tell you is you can know God at a completely different level than you've ever known God before. Anybody here arrived? But here's the thing. Here's what I think happens. Most people, because they know it's arrogant to say you've arrived, you answer no. But the reality is you think, but I'm pretty darn close. Now I'm getting really close. Anybody ever seen, like, you know... Like, I'm going to go for a walk or climb a mountain or a big hill. And you think, you know, I'm going to climb to the peak. And the first thing you realize is like, whoa, that's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. And then you get almost to the peak. And when you get almost to the peak, you think, man, this is unbelievable. This is so gratifying. Look what I did. I get to the peak. I'm going to be at the, the mountaintop. And you get to the peak. And what you realized is that peak was blocking the real peak. That's three times taller. Now you can see it. You couldn't see it before. This is your spiritual growth. This is it. There's peaks you haven't even seen before. There's a depth of relationship to God that you haven't even seen before. That's why I said when I closed the service last week, I was talking about there's a difference between gatekeepers and, and guides. You know, a good mountaineering guide will take you there. He's been there. I could take you there. Thank God for the good guides in our life. We need them. Like they, they, they carry us along. They take us on the path. They show us where it's treacherous, but they also tell you, oh, no, 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 no. You, yeah. 
You're going to need oxygen for the level that we're going. So this, your relationship with God, I, I've seen it here, but I, I don't live in perfect peace. I live in, you know, a fair amount of bitterness. I'm trying to be nice. But the church, somehow, I'm using the church in general and not, you know, but, I mean, the church sold us too much on getting out of here and getting to heaven. They just sold that way too much. Now, how many plan on going to heaven? Thank God for Jesus. How many plan on think? Okay, let's go. When it's your time, let's go. But it gets so obsessed with this afterlife that it forgot to help us with this life. Perfect peace for him whose mind is stayed on thee. So, Chris, that's not really possible, though. Then you're not taking it serious. That's all I can say. And I, I, I wish I could snap my fingers. I wish you could just flip a switch and be there. I don't think that's how spiritual growth works. I think spiritual growth works. Our relationship with God works. It's like three steps forward, two steps back. Kind of up, kind of down. Not perfect for anybody like this. But you know what? Over time, if you stay focused on him and you allow, here's another thing. I got to write some. If you allow yourself to leave a level that you've lived at, I'm not a big climber. Gary's climbed a lot of mountains in his day. I know that, but I, I don't have much experience, but I just watch it on TV. But I do know this. If you go to climb the big ones, they have camps. Like base camp, camp one, camp, right? You know what happens, I think, to a lot of people in their Christian faith is they get comfortable at base camp. So people go to church and say, everybody's nice. I said the prayer or I got baptized or I did this. And it's kind of cushy here. And God wants to take you to another level, but you're too comfortable at base camp. Can't breathe that good up there. I'm not, I have to acclimatize myself to it. This is true. You go up to another level that you literally have to, you have to acclimatize yourself. You have to change your body. It's uncomfortable. You can't grow in your relationship with God if you won't leave a level behind. This is how I know God right here. This is my, this is my comfort zone. This is my camp. The food gets rarer up there. The air gets thinner. The crowds get smaller. Um, speaking of the chosen, I've said this for years. One of the hardest things I, I, in all the movies that I've ever watched about Jesus, you know, and, and I mean, there have been some pretty, can I say it, politely corny ones made. All right, so you kind of go, but how difficult, just think about how difficult it is in anything that you're ever casting like that to portray Jesus. And to me, it's just a hard one to portray. So he could come across as like kind of weird and aloof of everything. You know, this one, I think, kind of makes him like really, really human. And sometimes I go, oh, is that too human? But, you know, he's human. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. But here's the thing. How do you portray someone that walked in perfect peace? 
Is that possible today? I'm going to tell you something. It's rare, but it's possible. But you've got to grow. You've got to leave the level that you were at. And it's okay to be at a level. It's okay wherever you start. It's okay wherever you are. It's just not okay to stay there forever. You, you know, you've got to move on. One of the things at the base camp level is, you know, the basic, basic religion. You have all of this stuff. We, we were talking about, you know, gatekeepers, and it's very heavily dependent on the church or the priest or the pastor or all this. I'm trying to get you in direct connection to God. I'm here to help. I'm here to, like, point and guide and go, hey, you know, sometimes I'm a better guide than others. You know, I can point you to some better guides than me. It doesn't matter. The point is, it's you connecting to God directly. And one of the things that we messed up is, like, I somehow need God, but I, I have to go through all of these channels. Do you remember when Jesus died? Something, like, incredible happens. And it says in Matthew's gospel, it says, then he gave up his spirit. And right after it says that he gave up his spirit, it says this, at that moment, Matthew 27, at that moment, the temple, right, the curtain in the temple was torn. What was the curtain? Well, it was the gate between the presence of God and everyone else. It's like this is this impenetrable wall that's torn. What was it Jesus trying to do the whole time, even symbolized at his death? It just shows that you can directly come to God. You can directly connect. Any time, any place, anywhere. The truth is, for you and me, we, we usually, we do better, like you come to church and, you know, you got some guy up here screaming at you or some gal, I can't do this. And, and you know, sometimes it motivates us and helps us to focus better. That's good. That's fine. That's a level. But another level is on 275. And no, and you actually feel his presence. You hear his voice. Anybody with me? You say, yeah, I can dig what you're saying. 696, I can't get with. But 275, I, you know, you, you, what if? Because if we can't, if we can't get God, how many know God's there? We just can't hear him. We can't tune in. We're not tuning in another level who here grew up with the vending machines remember the vending machines they still have them now I'll show you a couple of vending machines modern day vending machine here you go modern day got it all right this is when you're at the what you're at the mall or something like that and all of a sudden you just got the craving i gotta have one and there you go uh, these are these are torture for parents, torture devices. And these have been around for a long time. I started doing some research on vending machines. I'm getting to a point, don't worry. Look at these vending machines. Back in the 
20s and 30s had these vending machines. But I don't know if you, I don't know if you realize this. They really took off in like the 1500s. You believe that? But do you know when the first vending machine ever created? By a man named Hero Alexandra. Hero Alexandra, Greek guy. Do you know what his invention was? A vending machine 2,000 years ago. You know what it dispensed? Holy water. First ever vending machine. Put in the money, get some what? Holy water, and now you can proceed to connect with God, be right with God, da-da-da-da-da-da, fill in the blanks, right? This is a level below base camp, brothers and sisters. Are you with me? But this is how the human mind's been conditioned to think, I've got to navigate all of these things in order to connect with God. And I'm here to tell you something that will change forever your life. You'd sit in the car, right? And you can connect with God. And you can keep and you can maintain that connection throughout the day for the rest of your life. I think what happens is this, you know? Who remembers the old, who remembers the old dials in the car? Right? Anybody that old? After a while, the funny thing happens, they get out of tune. You don't do anything. You didn't, you didn't untune it, but you just drove down the road. You just drove down the road, and all of a sudden, it's a little out, and you got to go. Remember when they came in with like the fine tuning? And then you had the other dial and it could just. That's it. Now you know. You're going through life and you just get bumpy, you get out of tune. You got to tune it in. Just tune it back in. When you make that connection, it's not that unlike singing. It really isn't. Let's just, let's just tell the truth, because you guys all know what I'm talking about. When you saw somebody, like, getting... What is that? It's a frequency that they hear, and it makes them change. Their physical action, their face, everything changes because of they're tuned into something. It's the same thing. You live by what you're tuned into. You could tune into whatever you want. You could tune into anger and hatred and this and that, or you could tune into God. And you can have perfect peace. Jesus says to the woman, out of you will flow rivers of living water. Here's why you need to have a connection to God. Because instead of going around chasing things to try to fill your own cup, you're going to be a fountain. And you're just going to go around spilling God's love everywhere. I just spill it around. I'm, I'm overflowing. A lot of our religious exercises over the years have been about 
us somehow feeling worthy enough to make that connection. That you needed some person or some vending machine or some... No, my friends. That's why in Hebrews it says, therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Come confidently to Christ. Coming to God is as beautiful as sitting on Grandpa's lap. God says, right here. Right here. Once you have that feeling, it just just changes you. It changes how you live your life. It changes how you treat people around you. Because you feel the love. You're the apple of his eye. You're in the shadow of his wing. You can't help but just love. The rest is downhill. 